certainly not a happy occasion, but we are live here on the Calcio Connection podcast, connecting with you Italian football fans from all over the world. And no, we did not coordinate our wardrobe, but all three of us, despite today's result, which was very disappointing, Jerry, Sean, and myself, we were all repping the Azzurri. So the situation, guys, it's eerily familiar to 2018 as Italy will head back to a playoff to decide World Cup qualification. We hope it goes better than it went four years ago, of course. And I certainly trust the manager in Mancini more than I trusted uh, Ventura, that absolute bum. But this is still really, really tough. So Italy had a nil-nil draw today at Northern Ireland. Meanwhile, Switzerland cruised to the top of the group with a 4-0 win over Bulgaria. So Switzerland took care of their business. Four. Italy bottled it today. Was it four or was it three? Four. Four. Yeah, it was four. Oh. Yeah, it was four. Oh. Yeah. We need to win two nothing then in order to like qualify then, right? Uh I think we would have had to have needed had to have won three nothing because I think Switzerland had the next tiebreaker after goal differential. So we would have had oh, to wow. win three nothing as it turned out. And okay. listen, some people predicted a three nothing or a four nil win for the Azzurri, and they couldn't even get a goal today. I am Alex Dono alongside, as always. Jerry Mancini. Jerry, uh, well, let's introduce our guest and then I will let Jerry say his piece because I know Jerry's frustrated. We have the pleasure of being joined by a good friend of this podcast and an awesome friend to the Lazio community, Sean McIntosh. Sean, good evening, sir. Uh, outside of today's result, I hope you're doing well. Do it, doing well outside of, you know, today's, uh, unfortunately, uh, what, what uh, I, I had a gut feeling. Um, but out, outside of that, uh, everything is great. Yeah, outside of that, life is good, right? I mean, yeah. and, you know, on the one hand, it's like, you know, sports are not real life, but it, it, these things do bug me. I mean, I, 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 I cheer for teams in just about every sport imaginable, and when they let me down, it's really, really tough. And Jerry Mancini, uh, we were already getting accused, and he may have something here. My guy, Brooklyn Rob, uh, he's very superstitious, and he calls me the mush. He calls you mushato. Uh, now, I can confirm I definitely mush Italy against uh, Switzerland on Friday because I very confidently bet Italy on the money line to win that game. And then I thought, you know, when Jorginho's stepping up to the penalty spot, we got this. The bet's going to come through. We're going to qualify. And then we saw what happened there. So I tried to do my part today. I made, you know, several human sacrifices uh, today. I did not bet a dime on this game on any side, on any total. I didn't bet any props. I just let this one go. So I did my part on Friday to mush the Azzurri. I'm wondering, Jerry Mancini. Oh, and we also, uh, we're, we're going to welcome in Vito Doria to the panel as well in a second. But Jerry, Jerry, um, I was not a part of the episode that you did on this channel with a couple of great guests on Sunday, uh, and I did not get a chance to watch it. My Sunday was very, very busy with NFL duties. Otherwise, I would have been right there with you. What did you predict would happen today? Because Brooklyn Rob watched your episode on Sunday, and he is very confident that even though I mushed Italy on Friday, you were the culprit for today's game. I was confident in today's game only for one reason, Roberto Mancini, and you know what? At the end of the day, it happens. We left it to the last game. We should have buried this, what, four games ago? But guess what? Yep. The last game that Italy played, shit the bed because we didn't have Chiro. And the game before that, I believe he wasn't in the lineup either, and they shit the bed. Unless that was against the Nations League, 
versus Spain, actually. My point is, you, you can, like, look, if, if Jorginho makes the penalty, we make it. We don't talk about this. Not true, yeah. man. You, you can't you can't leave l- luck. Like, we had our chances, too, to win that game against Switzerland. I think we had a, a lot of open play chances. Um, we, 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 we dropped points earlier, and, and we can say, oh, Cheeto didn't score. But guess what? I guarantee in those games, there are other players who could have not like score 11 out of our, 11, 11 out of our 16 points came with Cheeto in the lineup. I, I hope I'm, people understand that. Don, though, you're, I mean, you, you, your boy Barella certainly had, yeah, um, you know, a, a big chance last last match. And, and you know, mm-hmm. there it, 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 the blame goes around. There's plenty for yeah. everyone. Yeah, but but, but no my different. thing is, my thing is, guys, you step up to the penalty spot. That's like 90, 95 percent. Like it's like it's it's one thing to me. Like, yeah, we've had several players, including Barella, including um, Insigne today and, and Chiesa. Like how many guys have we had bottle chances from open play? But a guy who used to be a clutch money penalty kick taker steps up to win the game. 90, 95% from the penalty spot. You know, a guy who helped us win the Euros before he missed the one in the, uh, you know, helped us win the Euros with penalties. Now he's missed three in a row. Like, you know, I, I can understand why people want to put some of this on Jorginho. And listen, hear me out for a second, guys, well, because there are ridiculous, sorry, uh, hold on one second. There are ridiculous people on both sides of the fence on social media. Social media is just the worst place. Uh, it's full of terrible, terrible people. Like, there are some people who are just awful fucking human beings who are like, oh, fuck Jorginho. You know, I'm not, this guy's not even Italian anymore. He's Brazilian. No, screw you. Shut the hell up. But then people on the other side who are like drawing murals of this guy and like, oh, I'm going to be praying for him and his family. Like, dude, he, he's missed three penalties in a row. Like, Jorginho is a fine player. I'm very rational about this. I love Jorginho. Jorginho is very important to the Azzurri. Like, he is, I think, a very underrated player. I would call him a world-class player. A lot of people would disagree. All I'm saying is, don't let this guy take penalty kicks anymore. That's but all so I'm saying. That you're you're right, but you know whose fault that is? It's not Jorginho's. That's that's Mancini's fault. Okay. I mean, at the sure. end of the day, uh, Jorginho had the guts to go up and take it, and we know not all players have that. But that's on Mancini to one protect the player to to tell him, look, you're you're not going to take them. The second they started talking about how Jorginho has had to change, you know, his approach in a penalty. As a manager, that's when you say, "Okay, we're we're not going to have you take these until you know we, we feel there's a level of confidence." And when you're changing your style and your approach and taking penalties, that confidence isn't there. So for me, you know, that blame goes to Mancini to put somebody else in there. And who knows? You know, may, maybe nobody else wanted to step up uh, and take it. For all we know, we we don't know what those conversations are like. But you know, if if I'm blaming somebody for the Jorginho miss, it's it's Mancini. That's a good I, point. I, I think we're not we're not looking at another point here though. Too, who's to say that anybody else would score? Because that's a top five goalkeeper or top ten in Switzerland, summer, and that is a quality goalkeeper who was having a great game against Italy again on Friday. And I, when he's at his best, he is really hard to to break down. And that's a I, like I was saying on the pod yesterday. There there are players like Immobile where he's amazing at penalty kicks. But when he steps up to Chesney, he's been denied before. And sometimes the matchup is like, there's there are better goalkeepers or goalkeepers who just have players number and know how to stop. And I think Sommer was 
a goalkeeper who got in the head of Jorginho and probably could have gotten into the head of many other players just because he was so good on his game and just overly confident. I think we got to look that into, into consideration as well. I don't think it's squarely just because Jorginho missed the shot. I think there, there are other factors. And at the end of the day, it's like it, these things happen. Like, like I was saying, and, and Sean's right. It, it, it is on Roberto Mancini, but it, it, at the same time, it, it is also on the players on the pitch. Oh, yeah. Decide, deciding, because at the end of the day, Roberto Mancini probably has his number one. But when the players are on the pitch, they're probably discussing as well of who's going to take it, how they feel. Um, I think there was uh, there was an instance of, of a team where a certain player wanted to take a penalty, but was denied and he took it. I, I forgot. I know I'm talking gibberish right now, but I, I, it, it can't come to the top of my head. I feel like it was like Argentina where, where, or maybe it was Juventus actually where in their last match against Fiorentina or something like that uh, or, or, or Juventus game where Chiesa wanted to take the penalty, but he, he wasn't allowed to take the penalty because they have like their spot kicker. So there are, there are instances like that where maybe it, it's better just not to have that friction, right? So... I don't know. I, I don't remember. I just remember there was a game where two players were were altercating, and at the end of the day, it, it, it ended up being the person who's supposed to be taking the penalty. But these, these things happen, guys. And and, and hey, I, I have nothing else to say about uh, Jorginho because he he's Ballon d'Or candidate. Like the guys won. He scored. Uh, here's another thing. It, it, it's so hard to criticize him because he scored the, the the hardest goal of his life, probably the 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 penalty kick winner versus yeah, in, the final. in the final versus England. I think people are forgetting that too. And no, he scored. At, he scored the one against Spain. He missed the final. He missed the missed one. Oh yeah, that's okay. right. That's okay. right. My okay. apologies. Yeah, you're you're right, okay. Sean. It was the clinching yeah. one in, uh, yeah, against yeah, yeah. Spain in the, okay. in the uh, semis. Yep. Well, let me introduce the fourth member of our panel, and this man always brings us incredible insight. We're so happy he can join us, even though uh, I, I wish we were talking about World Cup qualification and not go, going back to a playoff again four years later. Vito Doria joins us from Forza Italian Football. Vito, thank you so much for taking some time down under. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm all right, Alex. Um, I'm glad to be back on your pod. It's been a while, so... I think I was overdue for a return. But, yeah, it's just a shame that Italy weren't able to seal qualification. And, um, yeah, um, I think it's another case of Italy having the backs against the wall. So, hopefully, it's a case of history repeating itself and uh, every, and the Azzurri prove us wrong once again. Well, let, let's recap this match, and I'll I'll start with uh, oh, okay. So that, that's Chris. Chris is like an encyclopedia; he remembers every instance. Thank you for that. Uh, I'll start with Vito, and then we'll go around the table from Sean to Jerry. You know, obviously, plenty of missed opportunities for this Italy side today. Nearly lost the game on a couple of occasions. Northern Ireland had some great chances, including uh, what was just a, a, a horrific. Uh, a horrific sequence of Donnarumma coming out of the box and misplaying it. And then Bonucci was Italy's best goalkeeper. <laughs> he was on the line, right place, right time, goal line clearance. So uh, for as tough as this match was and the result of a nil-nil draw, and like Jerry pointed out, Northern Ireland, they just don't concede at home. It's unbelievable. Uh, Italy nearly lost this game. So Vito, I'll start with you. Uh, from the disappointment of this effort, what were your big takeaways? What were the biggest reasons why Italy just could not capitalize on their opportunities? 
what I noticed was that although Italy had a lot more possession, especially in the second half, I thought the Italians were very passive. It, there were a lot of passes just going sideways and backwards. There weren't enough vertical passes, people making overlapping runs or breaking the lines. And um, the wingers in particular, the way Domenico Berardi and Federico Chiesa made their runs, um, I thought they should have just tried to run down the touchline and either put a cross or a pass down that way or even just try to dribble around the Northern Irish defenders. It looked like once they got the ball in the corner, they were just they were just trying to look for a teammate to pass the ball around. And I think uh, the lack of pace as well allowed the Northern Irish defence to set themselves up perfectly. And Italy just looked like they were lacking in ideas and imagination. I, I think I think that's a, a good takeaway. What about you, Sean? What were the biggest things you came away with from this one? Yeah, I mean, Vito said it. Look, lack of imagination. We saw a lot of the passing and, and the possession tells a story that wasn't, quite frankly, indicative of the match whatsoever. Italy dominated possession, but uh, Northern Ireland was happy to give it to them because there was no threat whatsoever. So they were behind the ball. But, you know, we, we made their lives pretty easy. Um, very little movement from... Uh, anybody in attack, I mean, you saw it, um, and this is no knock on Insigne. He's playing in a role that, you know, quite frankly, ex- especially in this match where we're, we're trying to play the the long ball into a guy that's uh, four foot ten, <laughs> you know? I mean, <laughs> so, uh, you know, by any means, even if uh, even if our wingers were attacking and crossing the ball in the in the pitch, like there's who's who's going to put a head on it. Um, so I, I think, again, if, if the strategy is to, um, to do that, then you need somebody like a Belotti or a Samaka or, or somebody with some height and, and ability to play it um, with his head. So for me, it was a lot of standing around. It was a lot of passive passing back and forth. Uh, it was zero urgency. You know, when you saw some urgency towards the end, it was just scattered, you know, and, and again, little ideas, uh, little plan of attack. And, and so it just it looked like a team so far and away from anything that we saw over the summer that yeah. you know it, it, it's it was really uh, and, and I know we'll talk about Cheeto but you know regardless of who's who's in there regardless of injury I mean everybody on the field has has practiced and has has gotten enough reps in has had their caps um, you know I I want to say maybe Tonali was was the only one who hasn't. Um, really featured, you know, on this side. And, uh, and so there's really no excuse to look that poor. Yeah. What about you, Jerry, your biggest takeaways from this match? And then you you can also uh, give me an idea from your perspective. And then I want Sean's as well on this, because you guys are my go-tos when it comes to all things Lazio and all things Cheeto Immobile as to what sort of a difference Immobile would have made in this match, because I, I obviously think he would have, if he was healthy and available, um, he could have scored. I know he doesn't score a lot uh, for the Azzurri, as people are very, very quick to point out. But I think even if he hadn't scored, uh, I thought that his presence, his holdup, and his distribution and just his threat could have opened things up for his teammates. So I do think Cheeto would have made a difference in this match had he been available. But Jerry, what were your big takeaways? Well, I'm looking at their schedule, actually. And I think that the Euros and the season have really taken effect on this team. So back in March, prior to the Euros, we won 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, respectively, versus Northern Ireland, Bulgaria, Lithuania. 
And then we go into the Euros. We have our remarkable stretch. We go through a Cinderella story. And then all of a sudden, it's done. And then we go back to World Cup qualifier. And what happens now? That magical run is gone. That spark is gone because we won the Euros. So everyone forgets about how it's like to be everyone versus Italy. It's no longer everyone versus Italy. It's become everyone versus England because of what they did in, in London, all the destruction, they're racist, they're blah, blah, blah. You go all that. So what happens after? Well, we tie 1-1. We tie 0-0 versus Bulgaria and Switzerland. And then we beat Lithuania 5 nothing. And then after the break, we go back, we resume, we tie Switzerland and Northern Ireland. Like there's a trend here where we started off really hot because it was working out well. The team was fighting. There was something about that spark. And then it's lost now. And today there was no spark. There was yeah. no click. There was no drive to to win this game. Like, like Bonucci is your captain, and, and our captain didn't have that, come on, like, let's keep going. Like, let's go. I didn't see that from him. I didn't see that from a lot of players. Um, I think the biggest issue was – I know many people don't like the false nine, and I know that Insigne is small. But here's the problem, okay? I'm okay with the false nine, even though it didn't work, because vice versa now. If Belotti were to start today, but why did we go to Belotti? Why did we go to one number nine? That mm-hmm. doesn't work. We tried that five times. Let's try something new. Well, guess what? Roberto Mancini tried something new. He went with a false nine. He went with Insigne up front, and he went out wide with Berardi and Chiesa. Guess what? He's not going back to that anymore. A false nine, I, I've said on the pod, and I've said many times, a false nine is perfect late in the game. Um, Like, like I don't want to go off, off topic. Even like Saturday for Lazio, I don't like a false nine to start the game. It, it's just something personally me. I always believe that a false nine is a good way to change up your tactics if it's not working from the start with your number nine. You change it up. It worked in the Euros, and it and it, it gives you a plan B because we, we've always said that Roberto Mancini doesn't have a plan B. Like, that's what people say. He, he's always one way, 4-3-3, and I've heard Nima many times say that he always kind of gets too complacent with his one idea, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? During the Euros, late when it came against Spain, came against England, he diversed to the false nine, and it worked perfectly because now it gives managers a thing to think about. Okay, hold on. Now I'm bringing on A, B, or C into a false nine position. He's changing it up. He's changing tactics. Now your opposition has to think, okay, how am I going to counter against this? And and you kind of have an advantage, right? So I would have preferred either Balotelli or Skamaka to start today. I think Skamaka would have been a good choice. He's another number nine, a number nine option. You can go and, and try something new as a striker. Um, if you go watch the replays, guys, how many times did we do a long ball through the middle? Like seriously, do you, do you want to get make Northern Ireland's game any easier than what it has to be? Like Cherby making long balls to try to hit Varela. You got Bonucci trying to do long balls. It's like okay, you do it once or twice, fine, but. When you do it 10 times, it's so predictable. They're just going to cut down the spaces. Like, no no winger went out wide trying to attack to get crosses in. I, that's what I noticed. Like, it was just so predictable. And, yeah, possession's great. 
that's great. You have 65% possession. But if you're not going to do anything with it, it means nothing to me. Yeah, Absolutely possession doesn't mean nothing. shit. And, uh, and, uh, shit, and, and Chris, yeah, and, and like Chris pointed out here, he said their chances were better than ours and they barely had mm-hmm. the ball. We're lucky we didn't lose. And, and he's right. Like, honestly, like the, the biggest the biggest thing that I look at before I look at possession, I look at chances created versus chances conceded. I think that's a much better measure of a game than possession. But but, but what, what do you think, Jerry? Like, how, how would this match uh, – how could this match have been different uh, and then I'll get Sean's take as well. If Cheeto was healthy and had played today, I, I'm not going to be biased because I, I think there are two players actually who I think could have been made this game more impactful. Spinazzola, Spinazzola, yes, and and I think the the two of them together would have made this game much better for for Italy. I say Spinazzola as well because their attack has really it's lacked an option like a, an out wide player who can actually drive the ball forward, kind of get the players moving up. And, and creating that attack, open up space. Um, I think that Emerson's decent, but he doesn't offer what Spinozola does. Like he looks a little a step slower, not as creative, um, more defensive. I would say Emerson. Um, as for Chiro Immobile, I'm, I'm gonna say right now this stop stop using him as a scapegoat. You guys are I'm gonna, sorry. Anybody who blames Immobile, I have to say it. You're a fucking idiot. Okay. I'm going to straight out say it, you're a fucking idiot because it's so annoying now that he has to be the guy. Well, he's a number nine, so he has to score goals. I can guarantee you there are so many number nines who have struggled to score on the international level, but yet have been able to help their team in other ways. You take Immobile out, guess what? Chiesa doesn't do what he did against Spain and get to drive up the middle and score that goal. Go look what Immobile does. He brings three guys towards him. Who's covering Chiesa? Absolutely nobody. Guess what he does? He fires a shot, open space, so much time. Like, you, you guys can say that Immobile doesn't score. He looks lost. No, he, he's not lost. He's making runs. He's trying to draw forwards towards him. He's trying to create space so his so Insigne can actually make runs on the left side which he couldn't do in the last on, on Friday and couldn't do anything today. Like uh, with Audi Mobile, this team just lacks an attack. And, and, and lastly, he he draws defenders towards him. At, at the end of the day, he is a threat. Even if he doesn't score, the opposition are always thinking about Immobile and he scores 20 goals for Lazio. This guy knows to score. And, and, and the thing with Immobile is that he 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 can have the worst game ever, and in in the spe- like in in his instant one one play he makes a difference, and I think Sean can can vouch for that. Where we've seen this guy be invisible for 60, 70, 80 minutes, and all of a sudden you're like, well, we didn't see Mobley. Where the hell did that come from today? Well, he had something in him, and like this it it, it just drives. And the and another thing about Mobley is he actually tracks backs to help the defense retrieves the ball and, and, and gets back into opposition to attack. So I love to hear what Sean thinks because I know Sean was talking about it on Twitter today. And, and and I apologize if I offended anybody, but it's so annoying now because <laughs> it's so annoying because like at the end of the day, like it, it affects him. It, it affects to hear that he has to hear that oh he's terrible. Oh he screwed up with Italy. Even when you win the World Cup, sorry Euro Cup, he's still an issue. You won a Euro now look, 
You you didn't have him today, and now people are realizing the last two games how much of an impact he made. Like he we we had immobile in the lineup versus switch in the last time, and we won in the World Cup. Sorry, Euro Cup. Um today, sorry, uh, the last time we played um Northern Ireland, guess who scored the last goal versus Northern Ireland? Chudo Immobile. Like it, it's just I can keep going, guys. I get fired up, but uh, I want to hear Sean. Because yeah, Sean, Sean, get in there. Yeah. I, well, well, look, I mean, the the one thing is his effort. And so that's always contagious, you know, what he does and, and his effort, you know, whether it's tracking back or making runs. You know, he plays for those around him, which gives people a, a sense of energy and, and it helps rejuvenate. You know, I think the biggest thing when people talk about this 4-3-3 and, and why, does, why does he score at Lazio and, and not – um, here, you know, the difference with, and obviously he's just now playing with a four, three, three, under Saudi, he's played it before, but you know, under Saudi, you know, there's a difference in, in the wingers play for Cheeto in service of him, you know, versus when you look at a player like Kiesa, who's always looking to attack, attack, attack and find goals. And that's not a knock. It's just a difference. Like he's looking for the goals and, and it's why Kiesa has scored some brilliant goals, but it's not it's not to to service the ball into Cheeto. And so he understands absolutely what his assignments are and everybody else understands exactly what Cheeto is going to do. And so you saw a team today that looked like nobody had a clue what they were supposed to do. And so obviously Cheeto is going to open up some lanes for those wingers so that they can, you know, ideally they're not taking shots, you know, from the corner, you know, which is something that, um, like an Emerson really can be frustrating. I think, you know, your, your, your point on um, a Spinazzola versus an Emerson is, is, is good because, you know, Spinazzola will provide decent enough balls and, and he'll beat a defender, but make that cross in or make the smart pass versus an Emerson. Even today, I mean, he had, call it a half chance. If, if it was even that, I thought it was a really poor shot to take on his end. It, there's, it's going to take it's going to take some world class finish that probably has a likelihood of like 0.005% chance to ever go in and he's taking those shots which you know in a match where we don't have any opportunities we can't be taking shots like that that really have no chance so it just looked like a squad that didn't understand what their assignments were and that's why you saw a lot of passing back and forth between our center backs and then trying to dink in a ball over the top. So, um, yeah, do I, I think, you know, my biggest thing with Cheeto is, is forget the praise, you know, because this isn't about praising Cheeto. This is about understanding that uh, everybody wants to criticize and point a finger at him when things go wrong. And then when he's not in there, it, it's, it's who else are we going to blame? And it's mm-hmm. uh, honestly, it's a lot of silence, you know? And, and so um, when players, you know, we, Everybody else is allowed to fail. You know, you see it, whether it's, it's you name your, your players. Like everybody has missed massive opportunities during this qualification. They've missed chances to score, but we often forget about that, you know, and, and point the finger at one person. So, you know, I, I think he would have made a positive impact, but who, who knows? I mean, what I saw today was a, was a team that there's a lot of blame to go around and, and nobody really got it right. Vito, I'll give you the last word on how Immobile could have affected this game, and then I, I want to get some big-picture thoughts from everybody before we wrap it up. 
I think that with Immobile there, he at least would have added the presence. Uh, he still hasn't got a great strike weight with Italy, but so I see the points that both Jerry and Sean have tried to make. Just having him there as the reference point is still uh, a lot better than what other options we have around. You look at Italy, uh, Belotti just came back from injury, and I'm starting to wonder if he really merits any more call-ups because uh, I don't think he's done enough in recent games, or at least in the calendar year of 2021, to really merit a place in the Italian national team. Then there are guys like uh, Raspadori and uh, Scamacca who are in the team, but they're not scoring enough for Sassuolo. So I would like them to get their scoring numbers up for the Nero Verdi in Serie A. Then you've got someone like Moise Keane who's struggling to get into the Juve team, but he's been caught up for Italy sporadically, and he can add some options. But uh, I really hope he can try and uh, get uh, the starting lineup at Juve, overtake Morata, and find some goals for his club so he can transform that into the national team because Italy do need the other options. And uh, look, when you look at club form, Immobile is still the man. He's got 10 goals in Serie A, so that's still more than anyone else in the league. And if you look at the next Italian, especially strikers, the next one is Mattia Destro from Genoa with six. And I don't think he's been close to an Italy call-up since 2014 or even before that World Cup when he was at Roma. So uh, it's pretty concerning when you don't have a capable back backup. So I've been guilty of making Immobile a scapegoat myself at times. But the reality is nobody else has clearly shown that they are worthy of taking the load off him or stepping up to the plate. Hmm. That's, that's, that's a really good point. Great I, point. I like that. I, I I was just thinking on top of my head, maybe, maybe a playoffs is what this team needs. Maybe it's so, something to scare them. No, hold on. I, 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 don't, don't, I, I, I know. I'm sorry, man. Sean and I both reacted the same way. We're like, oh, I'm I sorry. I, 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 okay, good. It's good that I'm, I'm going to, it makes a better in, interest for like conversation now. He, this team looks too like, too relaxed. Like there's no drive in them. They're too like, there's no spark. Maybe they need a scare. And, and, and I know that it, it's not what you want to go through. I agree. You don't want to go through a playoffs. But in the reality, does it become a Cinderella story again for Italy where if they do go through this playoffs and they win, does it does it give them that spark again that they've been missing for a couple of months? Like maybe they maybe they need a scare, a reality check. Like uh, I sure. know it, I know you don't want to hear if, that, but if it wasn't if 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 this was the first time this has happened, sure. But you know what was a scare four years ago, and you know what didn't <laughs> yeah. happen. It, it it didn't work. It didn't wake that club yeah. up. That was Ventura, it, though. So and also like the, they 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 should have played with a lot more passion today because they knew coming in this game was really important. It, it's it's right. not like it, it's not like uh, Switzerland needed to to win their game like seven or eight nil just to pass. Like Italy knew that they were going to have to get you know three points and get a win in this game, and it turns out they would have had to to win it three nil. But they 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 knew this game was important, and they still were lackadaisical. I want I want to counter something here actually. We we can I think chemistry is key to this team. And and when we look at the changes that they had to be made in the last two games, there were a lot of changes. And I was saying this on the pod yesterday. Like if you're gonna bring in six new guys into the lineup, your your whole continuity, the balance is no longer there. 
You got three new forwards. You're changing up your whole forward line. So you got a false nine coming in as Insigne. You're playing Bernadeschi. Sorry, you're playing Berardi and uh, and um, Chiesa as wingers. Okay, so now you have a good a, a new look up front. All of a sudden, your midfield has Tonali playing his first start. He's making his first start in the most biggest game of his life for the for the Azuri. Who is he playing alongside? Jorginho and uh, Barella. So you don't have Verratti in that midfield now. So that balance where Verratti is the biggest guy. I I I love Jorginho, but I, I Alberto said this from uh, all Juve cast that Verratti is the actual link to this midfield where he does like the attacking. He makes those challenges. He moves the ball perfect. And then your back line. All of a sudden, you don't have Spinozola, who was a big key on the left side. Um, you don't have Chiellini in as center back, along Bonucci, which is huge. I think Chiellini is, is a big loss because offensively, he is a body who can get into the box and create chances on the attack. He, he, he poses a threat. So... There are a lot of changes to this squad in the last two games, especially today where all of a sudden the balance of what they've been used to throughout the, the Euros is no longer there. And with not enough time, and, and another thing is that the Euros, they had enough time. They, they're they're together for, for weeks. So they're training together. They're getting to know each other. They're building that relationship. All of a sudden that's out the window because your league starts again. You got to go back every six months or every two months or a month or whatever the heck it is. And you don't have that, that, that relationship bonding anymore. Mancini doesn't have enough time to, to, to instill new players into the lineup. So I think that that has, and I know this is not about injuries and everything. Tired is one thing too, right? But I think this is just a different look Italy right now. And, and, and like you said, Sean, you said it perfect. A lot of missed assignments, people not knowing what they have to do. Right. So I think, when you look back now, you're like, well, you got a Tonali who made his first start and, and is adjusting with a brand new team. And you saw him pick up a yellow and he's tracking back. And 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 there there were a few passes he made that were intercepted and there were turnovers. So, and look, he got subbed off at halftime. What does that mean to Mancini that he was kind of struggling in his first game? And it's not his fault either because it, it's a difficult situation. He's 21 years old. He's going to go through learning curves, right? So I, I think there's just a balance of everything where Mancini was really, his back was against the wall and he had to figure something out. Um, I don't know. I, I think that it, it's just unfortunate. If we had our, our natural starting 11, no injuries, I think this team looks a little bit more 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 relaxed, more ready to go today. Um, yeah, for sure. I want to go around the table on one more thing, and it's why you know I titled this episode "Did Italy Sell Their Soul for Euro 2020?" Is you know it's it's only been about four months, gentlemen, since they were hoisting the Euro trophy. We never thought that come November we would find ourselves in the predicament of needing to go to a playoff uh, where three of twelve teams will advance to the World Cup. These are these these are not odds, and they're not a situation I wanted to be in. And I had this thought earlier today. And I, it turns out I wasn't the only person by a long shot who had this thought. And I was talking on the phone with Jerry about this. Uh, and so, you know, just so people don't think I'm uh, I'm plagiarizing, I do want to give credit to uh, to David Amoyal from Culture Land who post, uh, posted something similar today. Uh, he says, it's okay. I honestly would have traded not going to two World Cups in a row in exchange for winning Euro in, the, in that fashion. 
and we know uh, next is a Fugazi World Cup anyway. So th- that's the question I want to pose to you guys. And, and Vito, I'll start with you. I'll say my piece first. Um, obviously, I, I don't want to be – and Italy can still qualify. Like I, I don't want to say I'm throwing in the towel on Qatar 2022. I'm not throwing in the towel yet, but going to a playoff gives me flashback of four years ago. Uh, so if you're going to ask me, would I trade – qualification for two world cups no guarantee you win either of those world cups but just qualification would would i would i would i um would i give up qualification for two straight world cups to win a euro trophy i think i would uh because that i mean the euro i i know that it doesn't get the respect worldwide it certainly doesn't get the kind of respect in in my neck of the woods in the states that the world cup does uh but people do watch the euro it's just it's just a whole thing but it's it's an important tournament. It's a big trophy. Winning that tournament, especially beating England in London, was fantastic. So if you're telling me if Italy qualify for 2018 and 2022 World Cups, there's no guarantee how far they go. I think I would make that trade. I think I would trade World Cup qualification twice to win a Euro. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm alone on this. Vito, I'll go to you. W- would you make that trade off two World Cup qualifications to win one Euro? Uh, look, I respect respectfully disagree with you, Alex. But uh, I think more than anything, just for David to come up with that suggestion, I think that's uh, absurd. Except for the Fugazi bit about the World Cup, uh, I yeah. think Qatar 2022. The fact that it is in Qatar, and that and how they got awarded the World Cup in the first place, I think that was uh, farcical beyond belief. And perhaps uh, farcical doesn't isn't the right word. It doesn't do enough justice to see how much of a joke it is. Um, But no, the World Cup is the World Cup. Only Brazil has won more World Cups than Italy. So uh, Italy without the World Cup is rather hollow feeling. Let's face it. I mean, 2018, bit of a meh. 58 was the emergence of Pelé. So I suppose, you know, people can feel happy about that aspect. And then 1930 was the very first one. So uh, it was a brand new tournament. And Uruguay at that time were known to have an extremely strong team. So, you know, 30 and 58 World Cups without Italy, that's fine. But 2018, very hollow. So, mm. no, I think that Italy had to break their drought at the Euros. It was long overdue. To be fair, Italy should have won more than two euros already but to do a trade-off like that no not in a long shot i would still prefer to see italy on the main stage and if anything what this shows is not that this is not a bad team there have been injury issues but i think perhaps after the euros there has been some complacency creeping in some of those who have been um some of those who have been uh, heroes for italy at the Euros, um, they're not producing like they used to, uh, especially early on in the Euro qualifiers before the actual tournament itself. Uh, I think there are a few players that need to sort of rediscover their form or the older ones might have to say that it's probably time to hang up the boots. What do you think, Sean? So, uh, Alex and, and Jerry, um, you both have some, some Azzurri gear on, right? Yes, uh, I believe uh, Jerry. If you can move your hand, tell me tell me how many stars are on that bad boy. Four, right? No, yeah, four, yeah, four, four. <laughs> I love how he has back. <laughs> what? T- tell me, Jerry. What what do those stars represent? Four World Cups. Four World Cups, not four Euros, 
not for fucking league, nations league. Nations league. It's, it's, it's four world cups <laughs> that that's, that's what we talk about here in Italy. This is four world cups, you know, and I've, I've heard um, you talk about Cinderella stories. We're not Cinderella. We've got four world cups. Only Brazil has more. That's it. So for me, it's, it's all about world cups. You know, Euro is nice. Trophies are trophies, you know, and it's, it's a very hard tournament to win, you know, arguably harder than, than the world cup, but that doesn't matter. The World Cup is the world stage, and 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 Vito put it perfectly. A World Cup without Italy is hollow. And yeah. and winning the Euros was nice, you know, it was fun, made me happy. But I'm soulless when there is no World Cup, you know. And and so for me, um, it, it's 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 not a world that I want to live in, and and it's not fun. And and it's certainly a, a a tournament that is less than when Italy's not a part of it. And and we don't recognize Euros on our kits, so. For me, it's hands down. It's a World Cup, man. It's it, and it, and it, it's the type of thing that um, I'm sticking by my case mm-hmm. that I, I still am happy to win that Euro trophy. But I'm not going to argue with either of the with either of you guys because I I completely understand what you're saying. And maybe, it will be 12 years, Alex. If if know, we don't qualify, it will have been 12 years oh. of of my life where we don't get to see a a, a World Cup. The last World Cup victory. We will have had it will be July of 2014 against England of all teams, you know, mm-hmm. and and so if maybe if we play England in qualification, it'd be no problem for us. <laughs> yeah, but, apparently, you know, 12 years of your life, yeah, that's insane for us not to get to enjoy the World Cup. So again, as as fun as it is, as exciting as it was, my goodness, I, we can't go 12 years without seeing a World Cup match. Jerry, what do you think? Hold on, I, I need some time here. Because oh, no, are you gonna change your answer? No, I I just need something here. I need to see where the hell this where the heck are you? God I, damn I, I went to Jerry too early. He's looking something up. Yeah, I'm looking something up for real. Do you want me to fill some time? Hold hold on. So our, I'm our looking... friend Our friend Chris DeSantis writes in. He agrees with Sean, oh, which means he agrees with Vito as well. <laughs> Trying to find out. Okay, here. Uh FIFA World Cup. Okay, not very good. The, at the, the la- no, I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia. It's the worst thing ever. The, the thing, Italy's page is like ten pages. Um, you wait for uh, the last time we won a Euro. Okay, like uh, it was 1968. For God's sake, man, mm-hmm. the last time we won a Euro was 1968. I will take that because Euros are just as important. Any trophy is a trophy for me. And I know that you're not gonna make. I saw, I saw Italy win. I saw Italy win that. I didn't see Italy win a Euro yet. I got to see Italy win a Euro. I got Italy to watch them win a World Cup, and I'm goddamn going to watch another World Cup come 2022. We're coming so, for Jerry, the Nations if, League if, next. If um, so, so your argument is that you you saw them win a World Cup and, and you never saw. So uh, we've seen, we've seen. Uh, let's let's say Lazio had. Uh, had has had won Champions League and you've seen them win Champions League, but uh, but you had never seen them win a Coppa Italia. Would you rather them win a Coppa Italia because you never saw it than than winning Champions League? No, Coppa Italia is different. It's a bunch of scrubs playing in that stupid tournament. Euro Euro has the best. Hold on, where, where is it? By the way, Jer- Jerry's <laughs> argument Jerry's no, argument is no, so weak because... that I now agree with Vito and Sean. No, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry put me here. on your side. Yeah, you. What comes when you got Brazil and Argentina? That's great outside of Europe, man. 
like the Euros is so oh god I guess I I, I grow up cherishing all tournaments that I'll respect whatever it is because you're playing the best in Europe as well um it's hard man because we always in Euros we always took it serious we lost to France I think twice if, if I'm not mistaken we lost to them in the Euros or or once uh you once in 2000 yeah get... 1998 right or, or it was 2000, 2000. 98 yeah. was quarterfinals yeah. against France that they lost some penalties okay. We we lost a few Euro devastating in the final. We lost to Spain. That's right. It was like, it was extra extra time that they yeah. lost in two thousand to golden goal against I remember France. That one. Lost then, in the penalties to Spain. Lost in the finals to Spain. But again, yeah, like, that's it's, that's it's, it's it's a hard tournament. It's it's again arguably a tougher tournament. But it's it's not the world's tournament, and it's it's not the one that ultimately when you're sitting down and it's the opening ceremonies. There is just something special uh, about that that transcends everything. I mean, is it is what the world, the entire world, is watching. You know, even in you know, let you know, knock on wood, that your Canada, you know, gets gets to qualify, um, and, and the U.S. as well. And it's something special that every when everybody, you know, is is glued into that. It it just it's something special, and and we can't not be there. So we got Jer- Jerry and I, I guess, on, I guess on the, Team Euro, I, Vito and Sean on Team World Cup. I think I think the the team who who want to be on Sean's team is, is retailers. At the end of the day, uh, honestly, I think retailers. If, if I'm a, if I'm a retailer, I, I agree with Sean. I want World Cup. I don't want the Euro. He that that's where I'll agree with Sean, and, and it's it's really contradicting myself. <laughs> but but like I, I I agree with on that that sense. Needs to keep studying the Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want you to have that son of a bitch memorized by Monday. Um, but the, if you're a retailer, think about then. Then Sean's right. Twelve years without World Cup yeah, as rough. a retailer, that's rough now. Because if I know people who own like an Italian, strictly Italian, like City gear and all that stuff, and then when it comes to Euros, World Cup, like he did a crazy amount of sales during the Euro. But I'm pretty sure that when it comes to World Cup and your team's in it, it doubles. It mm-hmm. doesn't. It doesn't single like that's where I, I, I think that as a retailer, they're probably at home right now thinking, "Fuzz, not another World Cup where I'm not selling nothing again." Like it's it's tough to. If and, and also, like like bra- bragging rights just for fans are really important. Like you know, Sean and I are here in the states, and like you know, listen, I'll, I'll root for the U.S. men's national team, but the the Azzurri always come first for me. And then if USA qualifies and Italy doesn't, I've got to hear from these soccer bros. Who tell me how great the UAE USA probably won't pass the group, and everyone's talking about how great Weston McKenney is. I'm just like, ah, it's just killing me. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll close the episode on this oh, note. I want to yeah. ask. What did you guys think about the subs today for Italy? Did you think anybody made an impact or wild you? I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna I just have to say this. I thought Bernardeschi laid a big stinker off the bench. Yeah. Big stinker. That's for you, Lucci. Uh, I hope you're hearing that, Lucci. Your your boy Bernardeschi can stay home next time because uh, <laughs> if you're not producing for Juventus, I know he's having a decent season and he's not having a wild season, stay home. Because like he absolutely did not impress me. It, it, I wish we can just bring that guy on just to take penalties, and then you can just say, "Hey, you know what, buddy? We don't need you right now. He can go back off." <laughs> Anybody, <but> Jorginho. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I, none of our. I thought Locatelli was probably the best substitution in today's game. 
I thought that he really tried to make something happen in that midfield. Um, Balotti, I agree with Beetle. Times come. But I don't want to write him off either because he had a serious injury and he hasn't played a lot this year. So that kind of has hurt him even with Torino. So I like to see how he kind of gets to come the next call up. That would give him enough time to try to get his game back up to level. And then I can say, hey, you know what? In the next two, three months, he's still out where he was before. Then Vito, you're absolutely right. His time's come. But I always I always think that injuries have to be considered because people are like, oh, they're pros. And yeah, who cares if they're injured? They, they can just come in. No, man. They're not. I, I hate when we compare these guys to doctors and nurses. Like doctors and nurses don't run 50 kilometers a day. You know what I mean? And 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 I thought to take away what they do. I know their jobs My doctors are very. Do. Come on, um, their, their their jobs are serious. Seriously, I, I, and I'll say one hundred percent. They should be paid like athletes a lot, a lot more incrementally. Yeah. But I hate when I have to hear that these guys tear their bodies down every game. You know what I mean? Training with their club week in week out, playing in in key matches. And I think the last thing we always forget is that. The players that we that on our team specifically, I know that every team goes through it, but I'm saying for our team, I don't focus on USA. I don't focus on Brazil or Argentina. I don't care what other teams do. I look at what Italy does. That's all I give a shit about when international play goes. I watch Italy and every other team. Oh, actually, I watch Serbia, actually. I shouldn't say that. I yeah, for, for SMS. I watch, I watch every every Serbia game. Every congratulations to Savage. By the way, you were you were tweeting about Serbia the other day, and one of your tweets turned up in an intergroup chat that I'm in, and like they were like, "Why the fuck is this guy standing for for Serbia?" And then somebody immediately popped in and was like, "Oh, because SMS plays for them." And yeah, bingo. I've watched every Serbia game. <laughs> Don't underestimate that team, please. That team has a lot of balance. It has a lot of firepower. I think they can go far in the World Cup. I really do, man. And and what scares me now is that if Savage has a brilliant World Cup, this could be the end for him with Lazio because he becomes a selling pitch. And then people become more they, – they figure out who Savage is because he hasn't played in the World Cup. a lot of money, Cup. though. He'd he be played paid handsomely. Last, yeah, he didn't play in the Euros. He didn't play in the last World Cup. Uh, he, he did, but he was a sub. Like, he wasn't – no one knew who really what he was. He said in an interview yesterday that – he was still young. It was four years ago or, or more than that. I don't remember. Six years ago or something. But Three? Um, three? Okay. Three. 2018. Three. So yeah. he was still young. Now he's in his prime. And if he has a good season, I think Sean will probably agree that this might be his next season. could be his last season if we don't sell him this summer because, like, his stock value – or not actually not this summer, the next summer. Sorry. Or if he has a good World Cup in Qatar, like, it's – game over for savage with Lazio. like like I, I like to hear what sean has to say but before I, I ended off there it's just guys at the end of the day every italy player is a key player on their team they don't get subbed off they don't they're consistent starters and their teams run them to the ground and we're going to run into the same problem next time italy plays where someone's going to be hurt because we these guys are so reliant on their teams so it is what it is go ahead sean <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. Sean has to hop off in a bit, I as do yeah. I. I, I, I love, I love how Jerry, Jerry has this incredible talent for when I start to wrap up an episode. He's like, "But wait, I have something we can discuss for another thirty minutes." <laughs> I got it, was, it was brilliant. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want to hear what he has to say about SMS because all right, well, say say, say say a few quick words and then you can just you can you can vanish. Okay, Sean? SMS, bro, brilliant player. Player, uh, obviously, you know his stock would rise um, uh, on the global stage. The, the World Cup, which you know is is a pretty big tournament, Jerry. A little a little bit more important than than Euros, but. Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, I mean, he wants to be at, at Lazio. He's, he's talked about it, but at the end of the day, money talks and, and performing on that stage more than any other is, is going to gonna hopefully bring in an offer that, um, you know, would help the club. Yeah, exactly. No, well, yeah. well said. And, and Sean, thank you so much and, and let people know where, you, where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sean underscore McIntosh um, or catch uh, our channel at Lazio World. Uh, we do some some stuff with some pretty great people. Stephen K. Moore, uh, Vittorio, and Alistair from Lazio Lounge have, have joined forces, you know, to do some content. Um, so we've got Lazio Lounge podcasts coming out pretty much after every Lazio match, and and we've got a lot of other stuff as well. So Lazio World, uh, great content. We're on every social media platform. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sean. Uh, Sean Thanks, McIntosh. fellas. Have fun yeah. on Saturday at the game. Yeah, I'll be at I'll, I'll oh. be at uh, Rome yeah, for Lazio so Juve. Jealous. So yeah, um, feel feel free to follow me on my channels and on Instagram. I'll, I'll be recording a bunch of the stuff leading up to uh, the match during the match. So uh, can, you can find me on Instagram too. Can I ask you a question? Um, yeah, Vittorio was saying that they're having difficulties to get tickets and like. Uh, like maybe you can chime in on that. Did did you have issues getting a ticket for this game? Or it's really have... difficult. I mean, it, it, their their systems are really antiquated. It's super um, old fashioned. You can't buy tickets until match week. Um, so we we secure tickets. Uh, it, it was all through uh, Vittorio, who was actually able to do that uh, for me. Um, and I'm going with a guy that does content with us. He actually lives in Rome. Um, hmm. Who uh, who works for the club, but. Um, yeah, unfortunately, they were able to, to secure tickets, but Vittorio had to do it for me from Rome, uh, so he helped out. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's I was cool, just man. curious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have, have a great time. Ciao, ragazzi. Yep. Ciao, buddy. Ciao. Ciao. And, and Sean is uh, he, he's a great. He's been traveling a lot uh, and going to a lot of games around uh, around the states, and now he'll be over in Italy. So he be, be sure to follow him because he's very very entertaining, and, and be sure to follow. Vito Doria, who's very entertaining as well and very insightful. Where can people find your work, Vito? Well, naturally, people can find my work at ForzItalianFootball.com. So these days, you know, we still have our uh, regular weekly podcast reviewing the latest Serie A action, but also we're on Patreon. So there are three different price tiers. There'll be a few bonus articles, um, podcasts, and other features from games as well. So there are a variety of things too. So we've got our normal stuff and a few other bonus features. So uh, FIF is the way to go. I do more longer features for breaking the lines. Otherwise, um, on um, Facebook, I've got a fan page, which I don't update a lot, I must admit, but I'm on Instagram and Twitter with the same handle, Vito C. Doria. Awesome. Great work and keep it up. Uh, Jerry, I know... Week after week, you're publishing thousands and thousands of stories. Uh, what do you have in the works? I got a piece on Vadim Marici. Of course got... you do. <laughs> <laughs> what is the headline? Vadim Marici, comma, uh, he's shit. No, this is his last chance. I think oh, okay. he'll. I think he'll get an opportunity to to start. I don't know how many times. I don't, I don't know. Apparently, Chido and Mobley can be back as soon as this Saturday. 
there's a conflicting report saying that he'll be back against Napoli. I think that I'll, I'll, I'll be more optimistic and say that he comes back versus Napoli and, and he'll have an opportunity at least against the Euros in, in the uh, sorry, in Europa League to to kind of prove himself and it might be his last chance to to show that he can make an impact. So I, I think his chances are very slim to none and if he's able to do something then it could benefit him but it is what it is. I can talk all day about him. I don't want to talk about him, but uh, yeah. And I got an interview with uh, Kelly from uh, Chivato from Napoli. She kind of was nice to do another interview in regards to Lazio. How she had just recently played them and gave some inside feed about them. Well, that's that's tremendous. So make sure you're checking out Jerry's work. Check out everything we do for this podcast. Um, obviously, spread the word about this episode. If you can do us a favor and hit the thumbs up button, smash the like button for us, and make sure you subscribe to our channel here because we want to get that subscriber count up on Calcio Connection. Uh, we also we post the audio for these episodes. It's going to be available within the next 24 hours on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, all, all the big podcasting spots. And we do have a, a Patreon page as well. It's mostly inter-content. So if you're an interista, hop aboard. If you're not, hop aboard anyway. Uh, Patreon.com slash Calcio Connection. Uh, we provide uh, exclusive inter-content on there. And we're always talking about adding some more stuff. So we'll get some things in the works. Uh, so huge shout out to everyone. Thank you so much for making this episode a part of your evening uh, or your day, wherever you happen to be. Uh, for Vito and for Jerry, I'm Alex. We will talk to you guys. We'll be back on Wednesday, by the way, on YouTube. Jerry and I will have an episode coming up on Wednesday right here on the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao.